0: Welcome to the B-Team Town Hall. We've done a couple of these, and we've done uh, decided to put it over here on the Bobby Bone Show feed. So we've invited five listeners from the B-Team Facebook page, which is the greatest place on the internet. So many great things have happened over there, and it's basically the only reason I go to Facebook. But each person is on, and I'm going to meet each of them, and I'll uh, we'll get a couple questions in. And you're asking a question for your own curiosities, or if you think other people want to do the same thing, have at it. Anything you want to know. No rules except I probably can't get Luke Bryan to play your cousin's wedding. Like that's, that's the rule there. Uh, All right, let's kick it off uh, with our first B teamer. This is Emily Morrison in Houston, Texas. Emily say hello.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: There she is. Emily, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I appreciate that. So what would you normally be doing at, it's like 4.19 p.m. Like, it seems like most people would be in the middle of a work day for you. Are you in the middle of a work day?
1: Yeah, yeah totally.
0: And what should <laughs> you be doing right now instead of on this?
1: Um, Well, working. I'm in real estate, so, you know, closing transactions and how, moving things along. How
0: accurate are the TV shows where they sell houses and, you know, do deals? Well, I'm not a realtor. Oh. Oh, what are, oh. Okay.
1: I'm... I work on the title side of things,
0: so. So, when I go um, and buy a house and sit in that fancy office that smells a little too like a, um, you know, a candle, is that where you are? You're mm-hmm. sitting in that office making sure I sign all the papers?
1: Kind of. I'm a contractor for the government, so my job's a little different. Uh, <laughs> work uh, for the marshals,
0: so. I'm like you're a spy. Sounds like you killed me. I'm, I'm a contractor for the government. I do. <laughs> not ask any questions. Uh, okay, Emily, well, what, what would you, uh, what would you like to know?
1: Some people might think this is a silly question, but I always wonder every time, you say this. So when someone calls, they're like, they say like, oh, I'm from Oklahoma City. And you're like, oh, cool. You listen on the Twister.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you have every station memorized?
0: Mostly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's because I cut station liners. And, you know, before the show goes on, I'll get packets of, of okay, here's the Twister in Oklahoma City. Here's the Twister in Tulsa. Here's the bull in Seattle. You know, and there are also a lot of bulls. You know, But I do... Yeah. You know, we have corn country now, and that's, that's you know, you're a bull, you're uh oh, what else would there be? There's a lot of, the wolf? The bull, the wolf, the twister. There's a lot of letters, like case is actually K-A-S-E, which is the letters for the Texas station. So yes, the answer is I know pretty much all of them. I don't remember a lot of things, but radio stations, I do. Well, um, and we're not on a, in Houston on the radio radio, but you know what's crazy is three years ago, I would have said that and been like, oh man, sucks we're not on there. Yeah. You can listen to us any way you want. You can still listen on your phone, which is most people are just listening any way possible anymore, you know? Um, do you listen to us live or on podcast?
1: Podcast. I'm almost always a day behind. But I'm from Oklahoma, so I found you guys there when you guys were up in the City. So,
0: Well, great. Well, would you like to ask a second question? Go ahead.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, my other question is, who would you say is like the most underrated country artists who hasn't gotten a break that you think deserves more attention?
0: It's a good question. And obviously I, I preface this by going, you know, anytime I go, Hey, here's somebody who's underrated. I get 10,000 comments of about 10,000 people whose cousin is, you know, planet of show like, Oh, he does. You're stupid. Frank's better. But for me, like people that I've seen that I go, man, how are they not a big star? One of them is probably Brandon Ray because he's so good. He sings just, he's the best singer and he's like an A plus guitar player. Um, Brandon Ray is one. I think Jillian Jacqueline is really good. And uh, she, you know, hasn't exploded in the way that I thought she may have. As far as like artists who are, you know, that have hits, because there's kind of a, you know, a level of artists too that have hits and aren't ever put on award shows, which is kind of a weird thing to say. You know, they have six, seven, eight hits. You know, there's like the, the Cole Swindells of the world who the guy just makes hit after hit, but everybody just kind of passes over him because, you know, he didn't have a lot of tattoos or he's not out, you know, dancing in a flame. You know, he's not... So Cole is one of those. I mean, I think Brett Eldridge is also really one of the best. Um, and he kind of gets passed over a little bit too. So I would say on different levels, those are the... And those last two guys aren't underrated, but I feel like they aren't given the respect that they've deserved through massive radio success, really good touring success. But uh, Brandon Ray is is fantastic, and so is Jillian Jacqueline. So that's a really good question. That's like two. I like that one about the show, one about music. Um, and I could be wrong on on all of that too. Is the thing. Uh, all right. Thank you, Emily. Let's see if we don't run out. Of, if we run out of time, Thank we you. may come back to you. Don't leave. Uh, let's see. Next up is Emma Lee Lutz in Graham, Texas, which is south of Wichita Falls. Is that right, Emma, Emma Lutz? Yes. Is yes. it Emma Lutz or Emma Lee? What is it here? Well,
2: I have
0: so many names. It's Emma. The, the last name is actually Lee. Oh, Lutz. So uh, I was av- wrong again. So I couldn't be more wrong. Okay. And uh, how, yeah. how is uh, Wichita Falls, south of Wichita Falls right now? Are there cicadas coming to kill you all like they are us?
2: No, I have it The mosquitoes are so bad and so big; they're like pterodactyls. It's awful.
0: Well, what would you like to ask? I'm happy to be here for you.
2: Okay, so if you weren't on the radio and you never made it in the radio, what do you think that you would be doing now? Because like you weren't famous.
0: Well, first, I got to say, I do. I still don't consider myself famous. That's a weird. That's a weird thing. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought that even before... First of all, I'm lucky enough to have always known what I wanted to do, right? I mean, since I was in kindergarten, they were like, what do you want to be? Well, I want to be on the radio and on TV and a comedian. And I've done that, right? So it's hard for me to go, well, if I wasn't. But I would think I would be creating something, probably like advertising, like, you know, not selling because I suck at selling, but like creating campaigns, advertising campaigns, something like that. If it were... Completely non-creative, Oof. like a bodybuilder, probably. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's just such a tough one because I only have ever seen myself do one thing. So I'd go, I'd go that. Let's see, I would seriously, I would go like creative, uh, like campaign guy, and then I would maybe go because I can't be a writer because I do that. I mean, I probably work at the mill, a mountain pine, honestly. You know, we had a sawmill and that's where everybody went to work. So that's where my stepdad worked. I probably just, just done that and, you know, lived in Mount Pine and had a family and been super happy. So, uh, yeah, that's what I would say. What is your second question?
2: Okay. Second question. If you could ask anyone one question, who would it be and what would you ask?
0: Well, I think, and you can talk this out with me, Mike, I think I would want to know something that people are dying to know. Okay. It wouldn't be selfish like something that only I want to know, but like, what's a crime that we could talk to somebody that's still alive and they know the answer or like a conspiracy? Like, you know, maybe you go to to Trump or Obama and go, hey, you have to tell me what you know about aliens. Like, I'm sure you know some crap and you can't tell us. Like, I would go at that instead of, you know, go to Garth Brooks and be like, what would you, th- when you wrote, you know, River, you know, what were you thinking? <laughs> It'd probably be something like that. Like, who probably knows some conspiracy crap that... And if they have to answer it correctly, too. Yeah. Like, they have to tell the truth. But aliens interest me. The moon landing? Yeah, I just think that (laughs) that was real. I don't really think they're keeping anything from us about the moon. So I don't think I would go with that. Like, um, what else? Who Would somebody know about the JFK assassination that's still alive today? You know, I think we kind of aged out of that a little bit. Yeah. To where most of those folks are dead now that would know? Somebody has to know. Yeah. Did you ever watch um yeah, you watched it, the, the second season of Umbrella Academy, Umbrella Academy where they go and, Yeah. yeah. Uh, probably that. And maybe that's not my answer, but I would I would want to know something that everybody wants to know. Like Tom Brady, did you really uh, <laughs> uh you know make those footballs deflate on purpose? You know, something that America would go, thank God we finally got the answer to that. Um, All right, thank you for that. Let's see here. If my voice is shot right now, it's because I've been doing like three hours of press for uh, Breaking Bobby Bones, which uh, is out May 31st. I've been doing interviews with folks for, um, and it's what's weird about those interviews is that it's honestly the same question over and over again. So I'll just go down and I'll do Zooms with people and they'll go like, all right, so-and-so, here they are from, I'll just give an example, People Magazine. And they're like, hey, so tell me about, This episode over the Grand Canyon. And I'm like, well, and then tell me about, you know, why you created the show. And I go, well, and like, what did you learn from it? And I go, well, and then you finish and you go to the next one. The first question is, tell me, it's the same like series of questions for the most part. And you start in your head to go, oh my God, am I repeating myself? Have I answered that question already in this? And so there's got to be an interview out there somewhere where I've answered the same question three times and not realized that's what I've been doing. You change it up at all or just go same? You kind of just get in a rhythm. And you start to get tired after about 90 minutes. I just get tired and not in the way of throwing it back. Stepdad worked at a sawmill, not that kind of tired, but mentally you're just like, I don't know if I can, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. I'm starting to wear down And in the middle, sometimes of a sentence, I won't remember how I started the sentence and I don't know where I'm going. And I'm like, yeah, so you know, I really hope people feel good about it. That's kind of <laughs> how I end any, anything when I'm confused. I'm like, I just hope people feel good about it. So that's what I've been, if my voice is a little burnt out, that's why. Uh, let's go to Alicia Marie in Princeton, Massachusetts. Alicia Marie, where are hi. you? Hi. Say hi, Alicia Marie. I'm are right you in here. a, a B team shirt? I am. Hey, thank it's you very much. Day, so. thank, thank you. It's really good. Yeah. To, really good to meet you. So what is Princeton, Massachusetts? Where is that? What's that by?
3: Um, so we're like an hour west from Boston. So like when you were at um, Hampton, we're like an hour away. So that's more west. So we're like an hour from that. So we're kind of in the middle.
0: Got it. And you listen on what station? Um
3: 1017
0: the bull. See, it's a bull. Right, I mostly on. Yeah, you,
3: is that
0: what it is? Yeah, if you would have just asked, I'd have been like, that's the bull, obviously. Or I would have just made it up on the air. <laughs> like going back to uh, Emily's question, I'd have been like, Yeah, no, it's it's it, that's a, uh, you know, country one oh two. Because that's <laughs> a, that's another thing you can do, is you can just go, yeah, country one oh seven. And they're like, No, it's the bull. You're like, no, but it's a country station, so I call it country one oh seven. Like, yeah, it's a good point, it's a good point. Um, Alicia, what would you like to ask?
2: So my first question is about the show.
3: Um, so whenever I'm trying to get friends or, you know, trying to be, Oh, listen to this radio station. I, you know, this show that I love to hear, I always will like find a podcast with lunchbox and guess the weight because it's just so funny. So I'm wondering, is that like gone or do you think we might see that? No, I think it'll too? come
0: back. I mean, the big bits that we do on our show are pretty cyclical meaning they'll be around for a few months. And then sometimes we don't get back to it for a year or two years. If it starts to burn or honestly, selfishly, I sometimes I just get bored and I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. Let's give everybody a break. Um, but no, that'll happen again. Um, also there are some people who are starting to get upset at that segment. And when people start to get like really irritated at something, if I can feel like some unneeded drama coming and, I'm pretty bored. I just go, you know what? I'm just going to shelve it for now and we'll get back to it later because I'd rather not have there be a news story about it than we have to shelve it forever. And so, and that was just, yeah. that bit started off as a bit because I would see um, circus people on TV going, if I can't guess your weight, I'll eat my hat. And we all were doing it. And Lunchbox was really good at it because it started as a bit as we yeah. all were guessing people's weights. And this is, you know, 15 years ago. And he al- he would almost never miss. We were like, "What is happening here?" And so that became a bit in itself. But you guys know how folks are; they get upset about everything. And once we start to kind of get, you know, punched in the gut four or five times in a row, I go, "You know what? I'm gonna get out of this fight for a second. We'll come back to it." But that's it. That segment will be back for sure.
3: Okay, oh, great! Yeah, this, this is a fun one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, And then I have another question for you. I know you love The Office, and I do too. And I was wondering, what is your most favorite episode of The Office and why?
0: Well, I got two. I do love the episode where Michael Scott burns his foot on the George Foreman grill. And, you know, Dwight wrecks the car going to get him, and he has a concussion. And so that – and then I love Scott's Tots because everybody hates it so much. It is so cringy. (laughs) Any show that can make you feel – but then there are also certain parts of episodes, like jim and pam's wedding it doesn't matter how many times they come down the aisle to chris brown's forever i'm like you know and they secretly go and get married on the boat and uh when michael leaves at the airport when pam goes through and you know that he takes his mic off and you know those episodes are really great but if i had to pick i would go Foreman grill and scott's tots and also let me say who is the 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 little (laughs) squirt behind you there
3: Oh, th- this is Bradley. He loves to listen to you too. We
1: wanted to say hi.
0: Hey, Bradley, you like the band U two? Why do you, you like U two the band? Why do you like Bono so much? I'm just kidding, buddy. <laughs> hey, what's your name, Bradley?
1: Yeah.
0: Bradley, how old are you? Six. Six years old. Did you have school today? Yes. Yeah. How did it go? Good. You are such a talker. Let me tell you, I've met some kids that can talk, but you are you take the cake at communication, my friend. For being six <laughs> years old, you rock, man. <laughs>
1: Thank
2: you, thank you. What's, yeah, what's well, your favorite?
0: You. What's your favorite subject in school?
1: I like um,
0: doing math and stuff. Nice. I do not like doing math and stuff. That's why I'm doing. That's why I'm talking <laughs> on a Zoom to your mom right now.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, buddy. Good to meet you. Bye. Bye, bye. Thank
2: you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Alicia.
0: All right, let's go over to Tyler in Elkton, Maryland. Tyler, is that right? Elkton, Maryland? Elkton, Maryland. That's right. What's, uh, Elton, what's Elkton near?
4: Uh, so Elkton is in the northeasternmost part of Maryland. Basically halfway between Baltimore and Philly.
0: I feel like Tyler should do NPR. This week on NPR, why cicadas may be killing you in your sleep. That's right. Uh, Tyler, what do you do for a living? We get
4: the, uh, uh, so I actually work in the medical field. Um, I'm an engineer. Um, the company I work for, we design and manufacture medical devices for open heart surgeries, uh, things like that. Dang.
0: Do you ever get to go on like a field day where you go watch that happen? Like, all right, everybody get together. We're going to go watch uh, uh, old Timmy get an open heart surgery.
4: <laughs> I actually did. When I, when I first started, um, I went to a hospital in Virginia and we got to go up to the big observatory and witness a quadruple bypass with our product. Wow. So
0: I was going to say, yeah, we all got to take a, a scalpel and take a little cut. And uh, uh, Tyler, what's your question?
4: Uh, so I had a question just kind of about uh, country music in general. Um, I listened to several different types of genres and of music, but country is something I really just absolutely fell in love with um, over the past like six or seven years. Um, but I, I noticed like, a lot of uh, the people around me, some, some close friends of mine, Um, a lot of people don't get it or they they don't like the genre and some of the biggest complaint I, the complaints I hear, um, is that it's all just pandering and to stereotypes. Like it's all about just driving your truck down a dirt road and drinking beer, you know? And I, I was just wondering for someone who is so closely involved in the industry, um, and as somebody who I know is a fan of other genres of music, um, is there something about the country genre that really just kind of sets itself apart from other genres or how would you kind of pitch it to somebody who is not a fan?
0: First, I would say that I think your friends are right in a way. I think there's a lot of pandering in country, but there's also a lot of pandering in hip hop. You know, there's a lot of yeah. pandering in pop. There is always a, a, a small sect sect of pandering Kind of at the surface level of any format because that's the low hanging fruit and people are oftentimes chasing the low hanging fruit because it's easiest to get and they want to eat now they're not worried about you know uh, long term success so what's getting to your friends are those extremely commercial pandering songs and if you don't listen to country music that's all you hear it's hard for me to hate that you, you feel that way because you just haven't been exposed to good stuff luckily for me. I grew up in a place where I was exposed to country music from forever ago. You know, my grandmother ex- had me thinking country music was uh, Andy Griffith gospel records, Ray Charles, Modern Times of Country Music, um, Johnny Cash, because he was from Arkansas, Conway Twitty, because he was from Arkansas. Like, I had country music that I grew up, and I was told that was current until I realized it really wasn't current, and there was real country music, but even some of that stuff was crap, right? So, just to stick up for your friends a little bit, they're right? But some of my friends listen to hip hop only hear some of the absolute most pandering hip-hop stuff too, where hip-hop, like why are they always calling all women a B-word, and why are they always that's part of it. It's not the part that I enjoy. Same thing with pop music. So I would say that you have a point. And yes, there's a lot of that in in all all music. And even all art. You know, it's just people wanting to get paid mostly. And I get it. Um How would I pitch it? I pitch country music as the ultimate songwriter's genre. Um, Because sonically, it's shifting. It has been and always will. And there will always, from the beginning of country music until the earth explodes, you're going to have most people go, well, that ain't country. People only say that because it's not the same country that they grew up listening to. But I would say country music and uh, singer-songwriter music, kind of folk, that's pure songwriter. It's about words. It's about message. It's about authenticity, and if you can get past whatever bias you have about the people that listen or sing country music, I think it is actually the format with the most depth. So, you know, it's going to be hard to convince somebody just because they see people in cowboy hats and they see, you know, people on tractors, and that's a part of it, and heck, I like some of it, but, you know, you really have to get them with some fringe-type stuff and then bring them in. If they're rock people, you got to get them on some Brothers Osborne. You got to slip in some Brothers Osborne in the middle of some whatever other classic rock or whatever they're listening to and not tell them it's country music. And they go, dang, this is good. What is that? It's country music, idiot. You know, you don't do that because then they'll really hate it. But I think it's Casey Musgraves, you know, some of her newer stuff. I think it's kind of saying, hey, follow me, kid, get in the van. You know, it's kind of doing that with country music, um, with stuff that just isn't mandolin and banjos and bring them over to that because right. i love mandolin and banjo but if i'd never been exposed to it i would just think a hee-haw and think that's what it's all about but that's a great question i appreciate you asking that and don't get me started on people that go well that ain't country because there's a whole i have this whole tiktok <laughs> that i've gathered all the information for i just haven't done it yet did you know at one point in the last 50 60 years the drums were it's like if you play the drums that ain't country they weren't even allowed at the grand Ole opry the drums. And there was a whole group of people that were like, the drums aren't country. That ain't country. Using drums, that ain't country. And it is slowly transitioned. The first time they plugged in a steel guitar, they were like, no, no, no. That there's, you can't plug in a steel guitar. That ain't country. Waylon Jennings, well, how he dresses, you know, what his message is, that ain't country. And you can go I've talked to Garth. Garth said people told him that he sucked and he wasn't country. Sam Hunt, he says that. And just because it's a little different doesn't mean it's not country. And in five years, we'll look back and be like, yeah, Sam Hunt's country. I don't know what this guy here is on the, the hoverboard that also yodels in this song. That ain't country.
4: But then it will be, so you get it. Uh, all right, give me another question, Tyler. Uh, yeah, just to kind of add on to that, that's what really drew me to the, uh, the genre in the first place, how it's constantly evolving. and Something like the 70s might not sound, you know, it might sound completely different from something today. Um, uh, but it's all revolving around lyrical storytelling, and and uh, but anyway, yeah. My my second question, uh, I'll make it a quick one. Um, it's about uh, the books that you've written. Um, I actually have uh, your first book that you wrote. Um, I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get the, the second one. So, you don't, and I know that you've written the uh, the children's book about Stanley. Um, my question was, do you think that writing is something that you plan on continuing? And then also maybe what initially inspired you to begin writing?
0: Well, first of all, thank you for reading that book. Uh, I'm going to send you a copy. I'll, I'm going to sign the second one and send one over to you after this. So I'll have Mike D get your address. And and until you don't? Yeah, I'll send you Oh, a, I appreciate yeah. that. That's awesome. I'll sign it up and send it to you. Um, So am I going to write more? Like, I don't think I'm very good at writing. I think I'm fine. I think I can – like, I don't think people like my writing. I think people hopefully like my message. And – like where I come from I'm not gonna win any writing awards um, so do I I don't know I mean I didn't want to write the second book I wrote the first one couldn't believe of such a success and they said hey we want to pay to write another one and I knew why not because they cared what I wrote but just because people bought it and I was like I don't want to write one just to write a second book and so I didn't for years and they were like come on let's get let's give you some money and I was like man I don't want the money because I would rather you know not get paid a little now. And I didn't want to put out crap and have to be ashamed of it and be like, dang, and I already spent the money. That would have been in my mind. Like the book wasn't good and I already spent the money. And now this book is still out there. I don't want to be embarrassed about it forever. So I didn't write it. I didn't write a second book forever. And then I did a TED talk. They said, hey, will you come and speak? What would you speak on? And I said, well, I I would do a talk on winning by losing. They were like, what do you mean? Well, I was like, well, all the losses, all the setbacks you have actually teaches you. And if you're able to hang in there through the losses and through the setbacks, like that's where you're gaining your information and gaining your strength. People don't realize that though. Like they're, they're actually winning by losing. And they were like, well, that's interesting. Why don't you give that talk? And so I don't know if I've revealed this before, um, but wrote it. And I had, Mike might draw the images for that Ted talk. And if you go watch the, <laughs> if you go watch the YouTube video, you see me flicking through the pictures and I'm like, Hey, here's this picture. Here's this picture. And one of the words, you remember the word? Oh, it's success. Whatever the word was, Mike misspelled a word. And yeah. we didn't even notice it till like six months later. And I think people just thought that I was messing up the word on purpose. Cause that's kind of my brand to just be unapologetically dumb, uh, in a smart way. I, I, even that I just made up real quick. People go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a big misspelling on the slide that's 10 feet tall over my head. And I, I messaged Mike the YouTube video and I went, Hey, uh, I think you misspelled it, and I missed you misspelling that. <laughs> and it's up there and it's a big misspelled word, and nobody ever really caught us. Yeah. They didn't even when they saw the slides, they didn't even check no off. No one on ever it. said anything. Mm-mm. So um I don't know. I think the Stanley book's gonna be good. We we just okayed the cover yesterday. The process with that is it's so much drawing, and I don't draw. The same reason Mike draw the pictures, drew the pictures for my TED talk. I don't draw at all. I'm terrible at drawing. And so I wrote the story, kind of gave guidance to what I wanted the pictures to look like. But my illustrator is so good, but it takes a long time to get those pictures right. And so that's why it's not going to be till next year until the book comes out. Um, I told Caitlin, too. I was like, hey, it's a kid's book. We should probably hurry, hurry up and have a kid. Oh. Like at the same time. Have a kid and a book at the same time. Like what a release that would be. Like a kind of a double feature. How
4: would you feel about that?
0: Uh, she didn't much care for that. Oh, that yeah. That plan. <laughs> Uh, she thought, you know, we should have a kid whenever we're ready to have a kid and not base it around a kid's book coming base, out.
4: Based the release date, not, not the way Yeah, I was it.
0: like, well, we, if we have a release date, we can go back. You know, we can even be a month early. Okay. You can hold it in, there you, you go. know? <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, who knows? If I have something to say, I'll write. If I have something really something I want to say forever, I'll write. If I have something I want to say, I'll just get on here and say it. But I appreciate that, and at the end of this, be sure to email with Mike. You have his email? I okay, got his email. I will send you a book, Tyler. I appreciate we that got question. Tyler. All right. Last Thanks, but not Bobby. least, it looks like to me Tara or Teresa? So,
2: so it's Tara on Facebook, but it's Teresa. I'm I put Tara on Facebook because I'm a middle school teacher and they try to find my social media constantly. So I use my like childhood nickname on my Facebook for friends and family and then Teresa is my official
0: name. Well, let me officially say, Teresa, to your official name, thank you for being here. And you are in your classroom right now. Is, it, is school over?
2: Yes, it ended at 415. So I didn't ha- literally, so I didn't have time to go home. So I'm just zooming for my classroom.
0: And so how was school today?
2: It was good. This year's kind of, you know, crazy because I'm still teaching partially vir- virtual, partially blended and partially in person. So it's it's been crazy, and it's the end of the year. So, but it was good. It's as good as the last two weeks of school can be. And in how this year.
0: how long have you been teaching school?
2: This is my eighth year.
0: Wow. Did did uh, was the last year uh, uh, just a crazy challenge for you? Was it so hard, or did you kind of get into it and understand the virtual part of it uh, quicker than you thought?
2: I think both. Um, it was you know suddenly thrown at the, thrown at us and. The kids were learning with us, so we made a lot of mistakes. But the kids were—it gave us the ability to understand that the kids needed grace because we also needed grace. So I think it was a good kind of mindset for us. Reality check:
0: Are you guys having to like double teach now, though? Because maybe they missed some stuff last year, or are you still on the same the same sort of stuff you'd be doing? Period.
2: We're still on the same stuff that we would have been doing. Period. But I think next year is going next year is going to really be the year that we're going to have to fill in a lot of gaps.
0: All right. Well, I commend you for your work. Dang, I could never be a teacher. Um, okay, uh, Teresa, what would you like to ask?
2: Okay, so my first question was obviously for. Um, I was thinking about my students. What could I ask my students that would benefit them? And I was like, "What advice would you give to eighth graders?" You know, especially my my school's a fairly low-income school. Um, and it's a title one. So I'm thinking like, what can you do? But then I'm like, I've been listening to you since I was in middle school. So I'm like, he's going to say, show up on time. <laughs> email, just grind, grind until you're successful, like all the things. And I was like, well, I could tell him that. So my question is more from a teacher perspective. Like, did you have a teacher who was really influential to you? And like, what made them so memorable to you so that I can, you know, have is for my kids. As someone who came from, you know, like a lower school to someone of great success, what, what was that teacher like
0: for you? Well, let me answer your first question that you didn't ask um, a little as well. In eighth grade, and you can't tell them this probably, but I would tell them too. Deodorant is so important. Like it's way more important than, than you're giving it credit for because in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you don't really value it because the, the, the smell, but some kids hasn't come on at all. Some people, kids don't even know, you know, this Teresa. I mean, and me, I grew up, I was kind of a dirty kid just because we couldn't always clean our clothes. So I would just, if you wear deodorant and I would also tell them if they need help, ask for it because people will help you. Like sometimes you get embarrassed to ask for help, but if you literally need help, people will help you. Cause if they know what your goal is, they can help you do that. If they don't know, they can't help you do that. So if you're struggling or if you want to do more, I would just say ask. I say that to adults too. Like you want help in something, ask for it. I love to help people. And sometimes I don't know who wants help. And I'm over here like, dang, I would have loved to have helped you. I could, have. But same with me. As I've gotten older, I realize that if I have a goal or I want something, I let people know my goal. And maybe they do nothing. Maybe they care none. I'm at the same place that they care none. But if they happen to care a little bit, that's amazing. That's a bonus. That's a free step that I get to have. So that's what I would say to answer the first one. But you're right. I would have said all that other flabber jabber first. What was the second part of your question? What was the second part of your question? What
2: teacher. What was the oh. teacher that was influential? Okay.
0: Know, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Um, I had a teacher. I won't say her name. And it's they're influential in two different ways. But she told me that I will never be on the radio because I have an accent and I talk too fast. I don't have a good radio voice. And I remember being in like 10th grade going, what are you talking about? Even if that's true, why are you telling me this? You're trying to shut down my dreams. We did a play. And I was the voice of some cat. And she was like, and you want to be on the radio? You're not a good speaker. And I was like, okay, even if you think that's true, I remember thinking this, why would you tell me that right now in my impressionable years? Um, and so I don't think that, she was saying that to keep me out of chasing my dream, but I don't think she should have said it because I was a 10th grader trying to find my place. Um, so that really hit me in a weird, bad way, and I still remember that. And that you should never tell people what they can't do. Help them do what they want to do, what they can do. Um, and as far as a teacher that that taught me the most, I mean, my my head football coach was, coach, uh, Vic Gandalf, and it wasn't so much classroom, but it was, you know, him always being able if needed to after school, at football practice, to be able to be, Hey, can I ask a couple questions? Can I, you know, will, will you spend a little extra time with me for practice or heck even at times history, he taught history. I was like, hey, I'm struggling a little bit here because I wasn't paying attention. What is what is this? It was just uh, availability was such a thing, but also not just he was available, that he let it be known he was available. And for someone that didn't have any consistency in his life, that was me growing up, no consistency whatsoever. If it was food or clothes or money or sometimes living situations, for there to be a consistent influence, and at times you'd be annoyed, like, I get it, you're available. Like, leave me alone. Um, that to me was massive. It wasn't somebody going, go reach your dreams, kid. That didn't happen where I was from. But it was him going, hey, if you need me, I'm here. And also, you're doing great, but also at times you're doing terrible. So I trusted. The fact that he could tell me when I wasn't doing well, that meant I trusted him when he told me I was doing well. Um, so I would say that, being, especially with a school like you teach, uh, like you're at, those kids don't have a lot of consistency. And having someone that can be there for them consistently, even if it's just a... You know, a, a teacher at school going, hey, if you guys need, need me, like, and you're struggling, you're hurting, I'm here. You don't have to come. You don't have to talk to me, but I'm just here. So I would say that. Um,
2: I think that's been one of the hardest parts about being virtual is I can't be there for my students like I normally am. So that is one of the
0: hardest parts. Well, you just teaching is, I mean, and caring, I would think there, and I know this because I know some teachers, that after six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, you start to get a bit jaded by the whole thing and not care as much so that you even asked that question shows you still care. So I just, I think that's fantastic. So thank you for asking that question.
2: Thank you. So my next question is more because, um, so I, if I were to compare you and Caitlin to a TV show couple, just from what I've heard, in my mind, I picture Leonard and Vinny from the Big Bang Theory. If you were to compare yourself, <laughs> yourself as a couple, to a TV show couple, what would you choose for yourself?
0: Well, that's funny, but I don't, I don't like that one.
3: Why
2: not? Because I don't want to be
0: Leonard. <laughs> that's funny though. I'll, I'll tell her that she'll think that's, that's
2: funny. Full cool version of Leonard. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah, uh, Chandler and Monica, maybe in a way, you know, but i like that -hmm. but uh, also with i mean monica's pretty funny but caitlin is so much funnier than i am she's for everything that i've been celebrated or rewarded for she's better at it which just sucks sometimes because i'm like oh it does doing this it was really funny she's like oh what if you'd have done this it'd have been funnier and i'm like god you're right um but she just doesn't have the need to let the world see it all the time um, she's not you know, screaming to get... And, and we talk about this, and I've, I mentioned this on the show before, that she grew up in a very loving home. So she doesn't need to go out and chase love in other places. Her parents love her. They're still together. She's very close with them. Her brother, her sister, like they are... It is just quite the nucleus there. It's so foreign for me to go and see and do. Um, where I... It wasn't the situation. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of love at home. I didn't have a lot of people that were there for me that told me they loved me. So at a young age, I started chasing love through performance. And then if I was funny enough, people would go, yay, we clap. And I would be like, oh, they like me. And then they clap a lot. Oh, they love me. So then I would get on the radio and I'd go tell jokes and I would do this and that. And so I chase love that way. But she's so funny. She doesn't care about getting love from it. She's just naturally that. Where I obviously do, I'm getting better at it. Um, that has always been what I thrived was finding love in other places. I'm, I'm getting a little better at finding love, um, at home now. I even told her that I was like, Hey, I'm, you know, I don't, I still care. I want to be extremely successful. I don't care to be famous anymore. I think there was a time when it was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I'm just going to be famous. I like to be successful because I like to prove it can be done. Like I like a wall. I like for someone to tell me there's no way for you to get to the other side of that wall. And I'm like, all right, well, let's see if I can climb it. Nope. All right, let's see if I can uh, walk through it. Nope. Okay, let's see if I can burn it down. Like, I like trying to figure out how to, how to accomplish things. So, it's probably Penny, and that's what sucks. Like, yeah. the more I think about it, the more you're right on. It sucks. <sighs> um, but that's, that sucks. But that's actually a funny question. All right. Well, my screen was telling me we're, we were about over, but we've done almost 45 minutes here, huh, Mike? Yeah. Let me say this. You guys have been great. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with me um, because, you know, we're all on a zoom. We probably all been on zooms too much the past year. And the fact that you guys would hop on and ask a couple questions, I greatly appreciate that. So thank you guys. Um, Alicia, uh, Teresa, Tyler, Emily, Emma Lutz, Lutz, Lutz. Yeah. Emma Lutz. I appreciate that. So thank you guys. Hope you guys have an awesome day. And, Maybe you'll get famous for. Maybe this will go viral and we'll get famous. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Bye, guys. Have a great day.